This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Circuit of Success, and thank you for joining me. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait, but I believe the opposite. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude, a great belief system, and action every single day. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision, that's when greatness happens. Now let's dive right in to this week's guest. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland. And today, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm probably the most excited I've been about any interview yet because I get to interview one of my best friends, my business partner at Visionary Wealth Advisors, Mr. Tim Hammett. How you doing, my friend? I am doing wonderful, partner. I'm very excited. I'm a little nervous, I got to tell you. <laughs> is this your first ever podcast? It is my first ever podcast. Never been interviewed uh, for the radio or a podcast before. Awesome. Well, we're going to have some fun. Our listeners are going to get to learn more about Mr. Tim Hammett here today. And so, uh, but as, as with all guests, Tim, I like to go back, as you know, and, and talk about, you know, just kind of your life and what's made you the man you are today. And uh, whether you want to go back to your childhood or you're early in business, but you know, what, what do you think's made Tim Hammett the man he is today? That's a huge question. Um, I guess going back to the beginning, grew up in Festus, Missouri, south of St. Louis, and was the youngest of four, had an older sister and two older brothers, and then uh, my father was an engineer at a utility company, and mom stayed in the home and raised us kids, and then ended up graduating from University of Missouri, Columbia, where I got my start in the financial services industry, um, and then moved back to St. Louis. And then uh, ultimately met my wife and, and had my children. Well, uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about today is um, just the values um, that you represent. So I know you talked a lot about, or you talk a lot about trust and humility and respect. And I got to tell you, you know, being in business for 17 years, I don't know a person that is more true to their core values uh, for their relationships in their life than you. I've learned a lot from you on that, and so I'm thankful for that. But what do you think made those so true to your core, the trust, the humility, and the respect? So if our listeners are listening, how do you find those? How do you make that part of your life that you do such a great job of doing every single day? Well, I think back growing up as a child and then also as a new young professional, there were certain times in my life where people had treated me with trust and respect. Um, and there were also times when there were relationships that did not provide that. And the feelings were so strong. I felt better about myself. I felt more confident, more uplifted uh, when I was in relationships based on those values. Um, I think what a, a big part that determined that for me, my father became ill um, when I was uh, probably my mid to late 20s. And he had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And... Watching him go through that process and my mother and my family, it taught me a ton. That was the first, I would say, you know, comprehensive wealth management relationship I had was for my dad. And I had an old business consultant that I worked with for years. And he had asked me, what did I learn going through that process? And it took a long time. I had to pay attention to my feelings along the way and be able to articulate those. But it ultimately boiled down to those three primary values trust, respect, and humility. 
And so how would you, what would you recommend to somebody that's, you know, driving in their car, listening to this or exercising the things that people do, listening to podcasts? I mean, how would you say you got to find, I mean, how did you pick those words? Like why trust, why respect, why humility? And, and again, to those that don't know Tim, I mean, it, to your core, man, and it, it's, it's impressive and inspiring, but how would you recommend people find those words? I really believe that everyone has a, a story. And I think each person, the reason that story is important is because it's their life story. And so I would just suggest to people that they think back to their childhood and their young adult life and maybe even their middle-aged adult life. What are the turning points in their life that were most impactful to them as they listen to their life story? Because I think their, their values lie within there. Yeah. And I think, too, is what I want to spend some time on today is is you and I always talk about the grind, right? I mean, we've known each other for, gosh, since I started 17 years ago. Uh, so we go way back. And I think any business you're in, but in our business especially, I mean, it's the grind, right? You're starting, you're young. I was 23 when I started. You were probably 20, 21, 22 when you started. Is what has the grind done for you in your life to where you wake up now in your late 40s? What have you learned from that grind? And what would you want to tell people they are listening? I had recently talked to another professional, and this professional had a very interesting quote. She had said, if you make easy decisions, you'll have a tough life. And if you make tough decisions, you'll have an easy life. And when I think back, I think just through some divine intervention as I was introduced to this career, um, it's a very, very long journey. And I would say it's almost a farmer's work ethic I think two things I always wanted to do is be able to work harder than anybody else in our profession and then always have the highest ethics. I was told you never want to be surrounded by people who have higher ethics than you. You need to have the highest ethics. So I think that's what the last, you know, 27 years, 26 years has taught me. Yeah, and so you think about that. I mean, I know we can we can joke and have some fun about it, but I mean, it is a grind. Right. I mean, every single day is a grind. And and so how many I mean, how many times and you don't obviously have this actual number, but and I jokingly say this, but in all sincerity, how many times did you want to quit? Well, every day. I mean, <laughs> you think about it every single day it, it, from the beginning. It was so difficult. And, you know, I, I think about that and I know, Brett, you're the exact same way for the entire 27 years. You know, no one has ever paid us a paycheck. You know, you have to earn and your business has to have a profit. And numerous years, you know, if you had an extra $1 profit, you might consider that a successful year. Right. But it was every single day, um, you know, fighting the good fight. Right. And so people that are listening, they're going through the grind. They may be later in their careers or they're starting a new career, whatever it may be, or they're starting a new business or a new entrepreneur. I mean, I think that grind, it's just part of the deal. Right. I mean, there's no overnight success. And I know people think, oh, Uber has this overnight success. Well, no, Uber has been around for like 10 or 12 years. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just now we're hearing about it. And I think personally, I believe and, and I think you're, you can attest to this, that that grind is what makes you the man you are today. Right. hundred percent agree. I think it's the process that right. makes us who we are. It's not the end result. Um, and I will also say. There is always another choice. And my business consultant used to say this to me. He would say, Tim, you chose this path and you chose this career. And I would say yes. And he would say, well, 
if you find it too difficult, can't you always choose something else? I could have given up that independence to have a different career or a different job with a guaranteed paycheck. But for me, independence um, was so important, it was worth the grind. Yeah. Yeah, and so you've now mentioned this consultant twice, and I think this is important to know for people that have never had a business coach that, you know, lots of successful people listen to this, and, and some of them probably have not. A lot of them probably have not had a coach. But you made a choice early on in your career to hire a business consultant, which is not free, right? So let's talk about percentages of income that you were probably spending on that coach and why that decision was so important and to this day something you still talk about. Well, it's amazing. I was, I think, again, there's, you know, some divine interaction happening there. But I was at a business seminar, a business event, and a very close friend of mine had asked me if I wanted to participate in a training kind of mentoring plan for financial planners in the wealth management industry. It's the exact item that I was looking for, and it was a five-year commitment to go through this program and it was a mentor and a business consultant, you know, were hired two in one and it ended up being probably, you know, 35% of my income. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and at that time my spouse had asked me, you know, what are you planning to do? And I said, well, I'm going to hire these two men and it's going to be about 35 <laughs> to 40% of my income, but I think it's worth it. Uh, I had such a desire for, growth and change. Uh, and I did. And at the end of that five year period, it laid the foundation for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So looking back on that, ever a bad decision that you made by doing that? Never. Not at all. Yeah. Even though it was 35% of your income. Yeah. You must be good because, uh, I don't know how Amy, uh, goes with that one. That's like in my second year in the business, I had a terrible year and I came home, I told my wife, I'm going to hire a, an assistant. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to pay her practically what I made all of last year, honey. And, but you look back on those decisions, and it was the best decision I've ever made. And, and so from 2003 on, I've had an unbelievable team around me, and it's because you believed in yourself, right? You believed in your process. You believed in everything you were doing. And hiring that business consultant is, in my opinion, one of the reasons you're here today doing what you're doing at Visionary. No, that's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. So um, speaking of the word visionary, when, when you hear that word, obviously we have pride in it because it's our, it's our company name. But when you hear the word visionary, what, what's that mean to you? What it means to me is I think I've said this before. All people have a brilliance. I believe in that. I think every human being does. And I think part of our mission here on earth is to find that out. What is each person's brilliance? And then take that brilliance and bring it to the forefront every day and use it every day to help help your fellow person, help the world. Yep. And I think as vision to me is finding that brilliance and then making it become a reality. Yep. So what habits do you think you've uh, have helped you become successful over the last 27 years? Stuff you've done, you know, basically day in, day out. What would you say those two or three habits are? Um, first one would be exercising in the morning. I've been doing that for probably 25 years and I got to get that done first thing when I get up. Number two is, uh, reflection time. I would call it prayer time in the morning, but quiet reflection time. And then the third would be, uh, just paying attention to healthy lifestyle, healthy habits. Yeah. So when you, and you talk about that prayer time, I mean, I know there's plenty of times I call you first thing in the morning and you're, uh, well, I won't even take it away from you. So where do you do that? What, what, where do you spend that time? 
So my routine is I'll do that in my car. First thing when I get up, uh, I'll get in the car, I'll turn the radio off and make sure it's not on. Um, you know, I've got probably about a 20 minute drive to work and I'm going to be doing that every single day. So I fill the initial part of that time with prayer. It's just a habit. It's just yeah. like, you know, uh, getting up every morning you got to do it yeah i know you're you're actually in the car talking to yourself out loud people probably think you're in a conference call right but you're actually uh in prayer and 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 in gratitude and and uh and all the stuff that you're doing which is really cool i think that's big learning for people is is we can get caught up in the day-to-day busyness of life right and we get in our cars the music's on podcasts are on whatever's on uh, but i think that alone time with you and your brain is a big deal Absolutely. So, and why why exercise for you in the morning? Is it easier for you in the morning? Is it because chaos is at night with kids stuff? I mean, what? Why the mornings? Uh, it's the priority. If I don't do it first thing in the morning, I'm probably not going to get it done. It leaves an uh, uh, element of error that as my day gets busy, all days are so hectic for many people. Being a parent, being a professional, being involved in charity, and all the other things that people do. Uh, if if I don't do it. At 5 a.m. in the morning, there's a high chance it's going to get squeezed out. Yeah, probably doesn't happen. Ain't going to happen. So now let's talk about the uh, the importance of communication. So I think that's another one of your strengths is communicating. Why is that so important in business and in life? I mean, I think we all know it, right? But but why is that so important to you? Um, it's For me, it's the foundation, obviously, of the relationships in all parts of my life. And I have a few tenants. People have heard me say this over and over and over again. So one is I will always want others to understand my intentions and motives. And I want to understand theirs. Because I think if I can see what their intentions and motives are, it will create trust. Um, And then the other technique, which probably people get sick of, is I will always repeat back what someone has said to me. And Brett will laugh because I do it to him couple dozen times a day uh someone tells me something and i'll say so what i heard you say i'm gonna say back to you mr so-and-so is um so listening i need to spend 95 percent of the time listening two ears one mouth use it proportionately right that's it mr harshbarger my eighth grade teacher guy was awesome Uh, but i think that communication is i'm guilty of this is uh you're able to go in and have the tough conversations too. Like I don't enjoy those. Not that you do, but you're willing to face them head on. Uh, one of the best abilities I've ever seen to be able to go do that. I'll take the compliment. Hey, amen, brother. So when you look at over the last four years now, obviously you, you used to have a very, very successful financial planning practice. And then you over basically over a 90 day period, flipped the switch to now you're leading an organization. Right. And, when you look back at that, uh, I could probably answer this for you, but I want to hear, and our listeners need to hear, I think, what are the things that you've learned the most being an entrepreneur over the last four years and running an actual corporation? I think the first thing that I've learned is that our success in life is dictated by our ability to take risk. I think that's the hugest impact that dictates you know, the, the trajectory of the success of what we're choosing to do. Um, the next thing I would learn is it's the people that we surround ourselves with. It's the team and the relationships and the friendships. If we surround ourselves with brilliant people, again, everyone has a brilliance and we take, uh, appropriate risk, you might say calculated risk. That's going to dictate 
everything as an entrepreneur. What's been your driver? When you look at your career, again, 27 years, what's been your driver uh, for you to be successful, be the family man you are, the generous man that you are? What's the driver for you? I think the driver is, the word I've always used in the past is, is helping others preserve dignity. And I always go back to my dad's story, you know, seeing my dad go through what he went through with his illness. I guess the vision for me is being able to have dad still be at Thanksgiving meals, even though he was extremely sick from Alzheimer's, um, sits around the Thanksgiving table with his grandchildren and his children and his wife and be able to share those moments, even if he was extremely ill, it was so meaningful to the family. Yeah. I mean, from, from literally the clothes he was wearing to being able to literally just set at his spot at the table, I've heard you tell it a million times. I mean, just how truly important that was to you. It was. It made everything. And so for me, that, that just fostered that mission in life is to help as many people preserve dignity uh, as possible. Because I know there's going to be a time when we all go through a hard, hard time in our life. Right. And our hope, my hope, is that others will you know, help me get through the same thing, yeah. too. So what drives you today? What are, the, what are the key drivers today for Tim Hammett? Key drivers today are growing the wonderful company that I know that we have. I don't think that it's really begun to, to have the impact that it will have in the future. And that's amazing to say because it's been an unbelievable journey so far. And then I say the next two pieces would be just to be a wonderful husband to my wife, Amy. And then I have three wonderful kiddos you know, Luke, Drew, and Rachel. So being a good father to them, I think those are the three biggest parts of my life. And plus it goes so fast, right? I mean, Luke's what, a sophomore already? Sophomore in high school, driving a car. Man, that's nuts. What would you, uh, what would you like to go back and tell Tim Hammett 15 years ago? Going back 15 years, I would have told Tim Hammett the hammer. I would have told him to pay attention to his feelings more and trust instincts and feelings and not be afraid of change and take more risk. Hmm. So anything, any defining moments there that you look back on and you say, gosh, I wish I would have done this, or just the overall feeling? I think that's an overall feeling. Every single day we have feelings in all parts of our life, you know, relationships and business and friends and family. And I tell everybody, I think 99% of the time those feelings are almost always correct. I'm smiling right now as I'm thinking about what uh, one of the things you always say, but we talk about trusting your gut, right? And you, then you sometimes will say, when's the last time you, uh, when's the last time you regretted making the right decision? Right. And so <laughs> I love that. I think it's funny. I actually said it over the holidays this year and, uh, the guy kind of looked at me and he just kind of shook his head and started smiling. And so when's, when's the last time you regretted making the right decision? Well, that's never right. And so when you think about, you and, and trusting your gut and the decisions you've made over your career. How many times did your gut fail you? I would almost say never. Yeah. And then how many, how much fear have you put in your mind over the last 27 years of things that would go wrong in your business and your personal life, whatever it may be, how many fears have you put into your mind? Thousands upon thousands. And how many of those have come true to the magnitude that you put them in your mind to be? Literally probably zero. Yeah. So again, just building on that, it's for me, and maybe I'm the only one who listens to this, that, that, that drives me, is right. all these successful people that come in, we all have the fears in our mind, but none of them ever come true to the magnitude we put them in our mind to be. So why are we doing that? Well, that's just human nature. So I think it's important that we all find that support system, 
Um, we, we journal, we meditate, we exercise in the morning, whatever it is, all the things that we do, that's the circle. That's the circuit of success that we have to have to build our success. So I want to talk about the circuit of success with you and talk about attitude. So when you look up there and you see attitude on the wall, what comes to mind when you hear that? Attitude for me would be positive energy, uh, positive thinking or self-talk. I had a, a person tell me, be very careful of the questions you ask yourself because you will find an answer every single time. And if I ask myself, why am I not good enough? I will think of numerous reasons of why I'm not good enough. If you ask yourself, how can I be, become better? You'll, you'll absolutely come up with five reasons to become better. So for me, attitude uh, is the way we think and our self-talk. So now when you hear the word uh, beliefs, what's, what's that to your core? Obviously, you talked about intentions and motives, you know, the value system you have. But what else does Tim Hammett believe that's going to help him be successful in life? I think it very much dovetails probably with attitude, but with belief is whatever we believe in also will come true. And greatest example recently, my wife is hiring her own life coach and one of the discussion topics they're talking about right now is what you think you will become when you take action. And that's something that Brett Gilliland has taught me also. What we think will become true when we take action. And so, again, just be very um, purposeful of what you're thinking, your beliefs and your attitude. Yeah, I mean, that space between our ears, man, is a dangerous spot, right? And, and you can get lost in there. I mean... You, know, you and I joke about the roller coaster of a day, right? There's days where we think, what is going on? And then, and, I, and you even say it, right? Well, give it, give it 20 minutes, something will change, right? Yep. And, and so I think that's just an emotional standpoint for people that are trying to be successful, that are successful, whether you're a partner in an accounting firm or you're a lawyer or a doctor or a stay-at-home mom, whatever you may be, the ups and downs of the day is the most difficult, right? But how we choose to look at them, Right. That's that attitude. That's that belief. How we choose to look at those things is what's going to drive success in your life. And I don't mean financial success. Right. I mean, time off with your kids. I mean, whatever it may be. You know, I envy you for that. Not envy. I, 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 I'm inspired by that. The amount of time you take with your with your kids. Right. Because you <laughs> you've built your business. We are building a business. But yet that priority is still there to be with family. And it's all about how we choose to look at it. So when you think of actions, I mean, you, you look at we got to take action and you just said it. So what are the actions if somebody's listening right now and says, gosh, what are the two or three things Tim's done exceptionally well to build a business? Think of it from a business standpoint. What are the two things you got to do to take action to be successful? Number one, I do this every Sunday. And again, people kind of laugh at me or are or, or curious about this. I will have a daily to-do list. I write down every single Sunday the actions that I need to take for the week. Every week. Every week. And it... it it gets comical and it probably gets a little old and methodical. But I think let's spend some time there. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think how important is that what we're talking about and joking about, but that's why it works, right? I was on a podcast earlier this morning and we were laughing that nothing we're saying is rocket science, but the discipline and the habit behind it is where it gets tough. It's the execution. Right. Nothing, like you say, it's nothing new. These are not new concepts. There's great, brilliant people who've done it before us. It's truly just executing. So I make a to-do list every Sunday. I'll update it about halfway throughout the week. I'll make a new to-do list. Um, I'll check it off after I do it that moment. 
I'll make a check mark. And then I think just there's, I would break our priorities down um, into really only two or three categories. And the, the first category is taking care of our current clients. Absolutely. Number one, every decision we make as a business owner has to be client focused. Yep. Is it the right thing? This one uh, example that I would use is if we wouldn't make this recommendation to our mother or to our child, we probably shouldn't make it. So all decisions are client focused. So take care of our current clients. And then number two would be uh, take care of our wonderful team members, our executive team. Yep. Boils down to really those two things. Absolutely. So how have you overcome uh, difficulties? Because obviously it's not just been one straight, smooth sailing ride to success. So you've had numerous difficulties in your career. Uh, how have you overcome those and what advice would you have for people that may be dealing with a difficulty right now? I would say what's helped me get through those difficulties are my friends, family, and loved ones. It's, I can in the past have had a tendency for isolation and to withdraw and to pull back if there's something negative. And the feeling is I'm the only guy in the world going through this hard moment. And the mind is, it can be such a dangerous place to live. And then I'll share that feeling or that thought with someone else. And they'll say, you know what? I went through that exact same thing. And then pretty soon you have a small community of a handful or a large group of people that are supporting you and helping you get through it. And it's not lonely. Right. And I think, too, you'd agree with this is early on when you're just and I say just meaning when you're a person that has maybe your own little entity. Right. Tim Hammett. It's easy to go and and be off the grid for a while and deal with things on your own. But I think as a leader for those leaders that are listening out there. We can't do that, right? I always say that the worst things we do besides, you know, the death penalty to somebody in America is, is uh, um, solitary, solitary, con- confinement. Yeah, solitary confinement, right? And so we put somebody in a room for 23 hours, and it's the worst things that we can do as humans, as leaders, as parents, or whatever, is put ourselves in solitary confinement. And so I think, you know, I know I've watched you for the last four years, is go from this person that does kind of want to go, let me handle it on my own, to now you, you don't do that. Right. Nope. And I think you've got to be engaging. You collectively have to be engaged with your team. You got to be engaged with the people around you. And as a leader, people are watching every move you make. Absolutely. Right. So that leadership, I think, is crucial for you to be doing that. So I think that's that's huge. Um, and we talked about your actions. And then ultimately, you know, when you hear the word grit, what comes to mind for you? Grit is never giving up ever. I think that would be uh just a theme really in life i mean i would almost say you might call me a grinder you know just getting up every single day and i think it's measured life is measured in decades you can measure obviously you know days and weeks and years but ultimately results are measured in decades and so i need to take a much longer view and never ever give up and that's been the story of my life from the sporting industry of playing sports to business to personal goals to family uh it's a it's a 20 30 40 year journey so besides your the birth of your children and and marrying amy uh let's talk about the hammer as people don't know this they call him the hammer from his old tennis days uh but the hammers uh what what's one of those top days of your life you look back and say man if i could just bottle that up what would it be whoo that's a big question um, I think back to 
the launch and opening of Visionary and the excitement. I mean, just the amazing excitement, yeah. what we were going through. And with one of my best buddies, Brett Gilliland, my best business partner, the team, that was such a special moment, you know, in my 26 year plus career now, 27 years, that probably was, that's one of the highlights. Yeah. It's one of the, I would say, I wish we would have been recording that more often. I would agree. It was fun. It, it, out of a storybook actually. So I give 10, uh, $10 million to Tim Hammond today. You can't pay off debt. You can't invest it with stocks and mutual funds and all that stuff, fun stuff that we do. What are you doing with 10 million bucks today? I've thought about this. I would, one of my goals is if we had a charity to where we could help uh, underprivileged young adults. And one of the concepts is I would say we have a theme here. Brett and his wife, Julie, are unbelievably philanthropic and with the charities that they've created. And there's a theme to the name of these charities. And so one of the themes that I would like to extend would be building hope, building such as home building, building a, a small home. Same, almost taking a theme out of the Habitat for Humanity. Yep. But if you were able to work with an underprivileged uh, young adult and let them help design, execute, and build one of their homes and take ownership of it, and at the end of the project, you hand them the keys to the house and say, not only did you learn how to run a construction site, you get to keep this home. Mm. And if we could do that, you know, as many times as we could each year, help those who are willing to help themselves would be a theme. Building hope. Building hope. I like it. So it's a good down payment, that $10 million bucks. We can build a lot of houses. We can for, build a lot of houses for $10 million bucks. Here locally? Is it uh, all over the country? Where is it at? We start right here in St. Louis. I keep like the it. St. Louis community strong and like then it. grow it. So what have you done to be in the moment and enjoy the journey? Well, again, people will laugh at me about this. I somewhat have an allergic reaction when other people are on their technology. <laughs> we laugh because this is a, a, an inside joke with Tim and I because I love technology and Tim will uh, he'll turn his phone off for meetings and it like makes me paranoid for him and he doesn't even it doesn't even bother him but it like gives me a twitch. So that's exactly right. So I I will turn my technology off whether it's a phone an ipad a computer uh a, a laptop and if i turn or if it's it off, a podcast right now yours is in your briefcase turned off mine's, mine's about in my briefcase four centimeters away from my left hand in case god forbid that message comes that in that right? message it's that just, he has to take has to right now right now right so that's how i try to live in the moment turn the technology off and look at the person and clear my mind and focus on them so what's the challenge for 2018 for the Hammett family, for yourself? What's, uh, what's one thing that you'd like to add or start new in 2018 as a family? Whew, great question again. Um, Brett's full of good questions. I'll tell you what, he's, uh, he is in his zone on these podcasts. If you see him, this guy's full of energy. He's ready to rock. Well, thank you. 2018, I want to continue that theme of living in the present and spending more time with friends and loved ones. I think as, as we have aged, for me, what I'm learning is it's all about the memories. Yep. I probably don't need more stuff in my life. I don't, I don't need any more material objects. Yep. But what I want is I want to spend more time and create more memories with friends and loved ones. Yep. And you, you told me a story, and so hopefully this is okay to share. Um, this is about an hour old. Um, but Amy, your wife... 
challenge you to something, right? And use that, what's your one word for the year? Yep. And you had a really cool idea that inspired me just an hour ago. I thought to myself, man, I think I might think about stealing that idea, right? So would you mind sharing that story? Absolutely. So my wonderful wife, Amy, had asked me what would be one word that would represent kind of a theme for 2018. Could be any word that you want to focus on. And I thought about it and I answered to my wife, that word will be gratitude. I think gratitude is one of the most attractive features in people. Um, when I meet someone who's grateful, uh, it inspires me. It's just such a attractive personality trait. So my word for 2018 will be gratitude. And what my goal is, I'll print that word on a large sheet of paper, paste it to a cork board or some kind of, uh, some kind of writing board. And then each week, I'm going to take a photograph or some, uh, some phrase, and I'm going to stick it on the cork board of what I'm grateful for. So at the end of the year, I should be able to look at this board and have 52 items posted on it of loved ones uh, and things that I'm grateful for. Mm. Yeah, I think that's huge. And for those people listening, I think that's something to steal shamelessly, right? I mean, Everybody what could possibly it. go wrong with uh, printing out 52 pictures of things every week that I'm, that I'm grateful for? Yes. So, that's awesome. Well, Tim, I know uh, it has been great for me spending time with you and uh, on your gratitude. I am very thankful that, uh, and, and, and full of gratitude that I've got you as a friend and I've got you as a business partner, man. So uh, thanks for everything you do for Visionary. Thanks for what you do for this community. Thanks for what you do for the clients. Uh, and everybody else. You've taught me a ton over the last, especially the last four years. Uh, so thank you. Hats off to you, my friend. Well, you're and, one of my uh, best friends, and uh, the future for us is going to be amazing. Well, we can stop the bromance, uh, and we'll go back to making fun of each other like we always do, because you got to have joy, and you got to have some fun, right, when we're doing this grind every single day together. So I couldn't ask for a better person to do it with you. So thanks for uh, being on The Circuit of Success. It's been an absolute pleasure. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.